All right. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to a special edition of Tipsy Unicorn Podcast. I am Abby Twyman, uh, the founder of Action for a Peaceful World, the tipsiest of unicorns, Mr. the Mysterious, Babs about us, behavioral scientists, and whatever else you, whatever else you want to call me. Um, I am, uh, we are here and working together to build a collective of people powered justice demanding peace warriors. And I am super excited to just have a free form conversation as we're jumping into June. It's pride month. It's also prepare tomorrow's parents month. And we're kind of focused on these two um, hashtags, um, act with pride and retract hate. Um, our action planning this month during ra- radical action circles will be focused on the retract a hate campaign and shared uh, actions that we can take together. At the beginning of every month, um, it's the, we align our cycles with the moon cycle. It, the new moon just happened um, yesterday. It is the strawberry moon this month. Um, in June, And it is also this week is Community Health Improvement Week and National Making Life Beautiful Day. So thank you all for being here today. You make my life beautiful. And um, I hope that we'll be together for a very long time making this world a more beautiful place together. Um, Before we get jump into any conversations, I always like to set the stage and set our expectations with how we um, how we come into the circle, how we share our stories, and how we um, how we come out of the circle. Our agreements are to share our stories in ways that protect, uplift, inspire, and empower others. We listen for understanding, we're mindful of our impact, and we take responsibility for any hurts we might cause. We're committed to learning and unlearning so we can be more impactful with our actions. If at any time we need to take a pause and regather our thoughts, we can slow things down with a waste, why am I still talking, or a Gelmo, good enough, let's move on. We can gather our gems, what quotes um, that throughout, when if somebody's talking and you hear something that you want to just like snapshot and capture, you can drop that in the chat at any time. Um, If you don't feel like sharing or you're welcome to pass, you can you can participate passively. You can remain anonymous. You don't have to share your name. Only voices will be shared on the podcast. Um, And we always focused on kind of using what we call sound verbal behavior as opposed to noxious verbal behavior, where we're focused on measured, deliberate speech and making sure that our our words and our messages are resonating with those around us and not causing not causing harm. So those are agreements. And as we do our introductions, if you could just give me a thumbs up or in, in your um, chat there, if you can give me a thumbs up that you agree to abide by, by our agreements, I would appreciate that. Awesome. All right. All right, my tipsy unicorns. So like I said, I want this to be an open format. I, um, we are kind of celebrating this uh, you know, the end of our season as we get ready to go off to the summer. And so we'll start with the round of introductions. Um, who are you? Where are you? Why are you here? And then we'll just open it up to reflections. I've got some guiding questions that we can use to guide our, to guide our conversation. I'll drop those into the chat, um, but I'll just put them out there verbally for our listeners. Our reflection questions are, what do you believe about yourself? what makes you proud, and you can take time to share some stories. What is your reason for being? 
What do you love most about yourself? What are you most passionate about? What are your hopes and dreams? How have you evolved as a person? How do you plan to continue growing? And we always end with action commitments. What are you going to do in the next, in the next year? Put it out there, put it into the universe. Um, that's how we kind of, you know, manifest our destiny. Say it, think it, do it, make it happen. Um, so what do you plan to do in the next coming year? And where do you hope to be in the next five years? So what I will do here, I'm going to take these so I can uh, make the screen biggie size and see all your beautiful faces. I'm going to drop those questions in the chat for reference. And I'll stop sharing that. And then I will just, I'm just going to open it up unless you all want to want me to number people and call on people and have, have a circle. Otherwise we can just open it up to conversation. I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, I'm Sarah Alford Hart. Uh, Alford's my maiden name and Hart's my married name. I usually say both just because I um, forget halfway through that I'm married um, recently, but uh, Sarah Hart, and um, I, my pronouns are she, her, I am cisgender, I um, am on the asexual spectrum, and I am very excited to be here. Um, I am also autistic and disabled. I like to tell people sort of those as my identity, so I use the identity first language there. Um, and yeah, that's me. I'm from Virginia. So, well, I'm in Virginia, uh, from North Carolina originally. And I am here because Abby invited me and I do anything Abby asks me. <laughs> well, that is so sweet. Thank you, Sarah. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here back on the show again. And who would like to introduce themselves next? Hi, I am Warner. I am a queer human. I am an agender human. I'm excited to be here talking with y'all about pride coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. And I'm here, uh, know Abby through a wide variety of spaces, um, but currently getting to collaborate on the Retract Hate campaign. Awesome. Thank you, Warner. Thank you so much for being here. So thank you both. Thank you for all for being here and for the introductions we've had so far. I do want to share that I, um, who I am, I've shared a little bit about myself. Y'all know me a little bit. I am Abby. I'm Abby Twyman. I go by, I'm trying to really um, embrace my own identity and, um, you know, uh, live my, live my life out loud that I have, you know, haven't always lived my life that way. Um, I am neurodiverse. I am bi, and I am so excited to have you all here ready to share more about yourself, share about your pride, share about your, um, you know, what makes you, you, and what makes you, what brings you here today and what drives you to do what you're doing. So the first kind of reflections that I would love to hear from our crew here is what do you believe about yourself uh, and what makes you proud? Part of my journey over the past five years and really trying to identify 
um, kind of why I've had the struggles that I've had and how I, you know, how I can show up better show up for myself in life. Um, I've had to take a lot of time to unpack the things that I believe and about believe about myself that have been programmed through years of, um, you know, abuse and abuse and neglect of, of, from others. And then which has turned into that of myself. So I've believed a lot of things about myself. Um, but there's a lot that I am proud of today. Um, and I'm, you know, and I am, I would like to hear from you all. What do you believe about yourself? What do you want people to know about you and what makes you proud, um, to show up every day and do the, do, do you do the life that you are living? Um, this is Sarah speaking again. Uh, I, I believe a lot of things about myself as well. Um, but I work on with my therapist. Um, I think that the reason, um, or what makes me proud is that I have worked very hard to stand against people, even in my own field and in my own neurodivergent community, um, to bring together two, uh, different sides that, sometimes, um, you know, fight or, or at least are very at odds against each other in the ABA community and in the autistic community. And that's something that I feel very passionate about is bringing people together and trying to solve problems together rather than separate. And so I'm proud of the fact that I have been sort of living those values and working very hard on those. I can go next. Warner here again. Um, I would say currently I'm feeling really proud of myself and the work I've been putting into being able to listen to my body and really notice where my yeses are and really putting in some work to try and move toward the things that I'm compelled by instead of, uh, you know, solely trying to get away from the things that scare me or, you know, uh, trying to people please, which is something I do a lot of because I care a lot about people. Um, and it's been really hard. That's really hard as a queer person. It's really hard as any gender person. Um, you know, it can be really tempting to try and fit into the narrative that other people want from you in the world. And it can get super challenging to be able to sort of notice in yourself, like what actually is valuable to you and like who you really are. So that's been where I've been putting a lot of my energy and intention, especially this past year. And I'm really proud of where I'm at right now. That's, thank you. Thank you both. And we've had some, we've had some others share, um, share in the chat. Um, and so I just wanted to, sh um, I can share out a non from our anonymous participant um, that is um, proud of themselves for advocating um, or proud of their son for advocating for himself and living his life as a male, um, even though he was assigned female at birth. And I am so um, proud of the crew of people that have come together around our action for a peaceful world mission and the stories that we've been able to hear um, and share with each other um, and it's just it is so powerful you know I get messages on a weekly basis from people who are out in the world doing the good work and um, you know supporting others in their advocacy work and so it's really um, 
very beautiful to see all of this, all of this coming together and all of this evolving. Um, so one of the things that I have been driving, like striving for over the past five years, um, since I, since I had my own personal, like, break and burnout and needed to run as far and as fast as I could away from, um, what, you know, from what I was dealing with, but, you know, without realizing that I couldn't run from what was, you know, what was inside it, it followed me that shadow. <laughs> um, so I've been doing, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of the work to figure out what is my, you know, what is the reason my, what is my reason for being, and what is it that I really love most about myself? And for me, it's my passion and my drive and the, you know, no matter how hard it hurts, no matter how many tears I cry and have that, like, you know, the, the panic set in the thing that I'm most proud of. And that I love most is that I can take that pain and have learned to harness it into, into power. Um, and that keeps me going and it doesn't, you know, it, and like you were saying, Warner, you know, learning how to be in touch with your own body and your own feelings and, um, just kind of sit with it and be okay. That to me has been like the biggest transformation over the past couple of years is, you know, learning how to sit with it. So what, what have all, what have all of you kind of been, um, you know, thinking of like, you know, thinking about and dealing with on your own level about like, what is, you know, what are your, you know, what keeps you going even, even when it's hard and what do you love most about yourself that keeps you kind of keeps you going and keeps you wanting to continue shining? Uh, this is Sarah. Um, I think what I like most and what keeps me going is um, compassion for all humans, um, not just humans that look or talk or act uh, like me. And I love to um, kind of bring all these different types of people together to help out the ones that are the most vulnerable of us. Um, my big passion, of course, is um, always going to be disabled advocacy, uh, autistic advocacy, um, but I'm also involved in as much social justice and other types of advocacy as I can um, spin the spoons on, as I say. Um, so yeah, I think my reason for being here, and I hope it's here, and I hope I'm doing the right thing, is um, making the world happier and kinder and safer for others. And hi, Warner here again. Um, the thing that I'm loving most about myself recently um, is tied into that, like listening to those yeses in my body. I really like um, my love of great touch, great sensory experiences. I have a deep love of water. Recently moved back to Chicago because I have a deep love of Lake Michigan being able to put my body in it as often as is humanly possible it feels so good and um yeah I just I really like that about me I like how deeply I am like in touch with my experiences of the world and what it feels like in my body and I don't know I think it's really delightful to appreciate and pay close attention to the stuff that maybe 
I don't know, isn't, isn't as valued everywhere as much as I think it should be. Um, so I don't know. I like that about myself. Hi, this is Erin. I really appreciate what you shared about your sensory experience. I can relate to that. Um, I think that what I love about myself unwaveringly is that I feel emotions very deeply and unapologetically. Um, I think that that is part of the joy of being human. And, you know, as long as I don't let them cause me to suffer, <laughs> I, I really love that about myself, that I have you know, deep compassion and deep feelings for others. And I wouldn't change that for the world. And I share your experience with water and the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Happy to be here with you ladies. Love it. Yes, that connection. I know Warner, you and I have connected over water and swimming and um, just getting kind of getting connected with yourself and your own, yeah, your own emotions and your own sensory experiences. And I think that, you know, it's as behavioral scientists, um, we, you know, kind of, we have, have been, trained to, um, you know, avoid those conversations or avoid thinking about, you know, those things. But I, but I truly believe that if we are to evolve, um, evolve as humans, evolve as a connected, um, interconnected beings, we have to recognize and realize that we are humans first and our brains process sensory information. Um, and we need certain things and to, you know, to deny ourselves those things, deny ourselves the joy and the peace that comes with being completely in touch with who you are and what you need as a person. Um, I link that directly back to our systems of oppression that we've all been, you know, conditioned under that, you know, it's, you know, it's about other people's pleasure. We need to be doing things for others, not for ourselves and not, you know, tuning into our own needs. And so I love that you all have kind of named that, named that, you know, the um, caring for ourselves, identifying our emotions and taking care of our own personal needs first and foremost is essential for showing up, showing up fully and completely and unapologetically. Um, because I, as many of you likely have experienced, have, um, felt like felt that need to, you know, put myself second and deny myself joy and den deny myself satisfaction, um, for, you know, for the benefit of others. And I don't know about you, but I am quite done putting others needs first. <laughs> um, because I have truly realized that, you know, the only way to show up hundred percent, 110% for others is to show up a million percent for myself. Um, and one of the, one of the quotes that I, um, I don't know if I, if I technically coined it, I cannot find it anywhere else, but um, I, I say to my friends often that um, when you show up for yourself, you will always be on time because I have an issue with people being like, 
what are you going to be here on time? And I'm like, I showed up for myself. I'm exactly on time because I'm not on your clock. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what you all are most passionate about. What are your hopes and dreams for the future for yourselves and for this world? Sarah here. Um, well, my hopes and dreams, and on a very personal level, um, I just purchased a house with my husband. So I'm hoping to um, have a nice long life there. It's very fun, um, very daunting as we move very quickly, but it's. Um, I'm hoping to set that up um, and setting it up to be something that I can take care of more um, because my with my mental health, when I take care of um, myself, I take care of my space. And when I take care of my space, I take care of myself. And that's something that um, is my hope and uh, that I'm going to be doing. And so that I'm putting into the universe to hope that that um, happens. And um, I'm most passionate about, well, I'm most passionate about helping people, but I also am very passionate right now about roller skating. Uh, that's like my new obsession. And um, yeah, I'm not very good at it, but I'm very passionate about it. Oh my gosh, I love that. I can't, I have, that just brought back all sorts of flashbacks from middle school roller skating. Um, and I too, like I loved it and was passionate about it and was not very good and got made fun of a little bit, but it didn't stop me. <laughs> Uh, Warner here again. Um, this feels like so hard to put into words. I'm so passionate about so many things and feel like pulled in a kajillion different directions all of the time because I don't know, people have so much cool stuff going on. It's, a, it's an exciting world. It's a painful world, but it's an exciting world. Um, I feel really passionate about team love, team being good to one another team autonomy, uh, team don't hurt one another. <laughs> it's so, I don't know, it feels silly because it feels like really simple. I feel passionate about things that feel really simple to me, but our world seems to have a really hard time with for some reason. Um, and it feels honestly like really challenging and especially recently has felt really challenging for me personally to really like hold on to hope in general for this world. It gets real painful here really quickly. Um, and yeah, so maybe it doesn't seem like a, a, a big hope or a super complicated hope or dream, but you know, just the idea that we could all be so good to one another uh, and a belief that that is possible is, is where my, my energy and my intentions go these days and always. I love that. One of the one of the groups that I got involved with last year, um, as the um, uh, you know pandemic hit, and then George Floyd's murder, and then this group emerged in my environment, and their name is Hatush Lashish, which is Clinket for "We believe it is possible," and that you know their leadership and guidance. About just in relation to that concept of, you know, letting that lead you, you know, we believe it is possible. And they're um, like that, they're the, 
the way that they guide people, you know, they say that, you know, if it's not, if it's not soulful, it's not strategic. And I've always, you know, I've kind of been in this very like, you know, um, dominant, uh, approach where it's like, you know, it's like, well, we've got to have this mission and this vision and these goals with, and it wasn't until this past year of, you know, just like letting go and stopping, um, stopping to listen and kind of uh, in, engage with community, that idea of <clears throat> just belief and faith and trust in the process and letting go of my preconceived notions um, and being okay, like being okay, putting heart and soul into things. And it's like, it doesn't make me any less of a, you know, behavioral scientist and doesn't make me any less of a strategic person. And it makes it even better and more connected when it's just like, you just have that extra bit of like love and faith and joy in things. So yeah, I love that. I love that Warner. So our, um, so we have our other, our, one of our participants who's participating anonymously said that they're currently passionate about helping improve ABA services to address the concerns raised by the autistic community. Um, and as practitioners, we need to listen to others and not get defensive and instead acknowledge that the organism is not wrong. I love that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's so much denial, denial of, of li people's lived experiences that's really, um, it's really painful to see, um, but I am so, uh, so grateful for those that are rising to the surface, um, you know, the cream, the cream is rising to the top and um, I, I believe will be, will be the, the leaders of the future of our, of our world and this, um, this field we're all so passionate about. All right. Well, so now what, so where have, um, let's kind of transition into this kind of question about evolution um, and where, you know, how you plan to continue to learn and grow. So I know that for myself, like, you know, I keep mentioning this like five year journey um, and it has been, you know, it has been exact, almost exactly five years that I had, you know, I had this, you know, come to, come to real reality moment, um, that I realized that I needed to make a big shift in my life and, um, re reconsider who I am and where I, wh who I want to be and how I want to show up in this world, um, and have worked very hard to, you know, to consciously evolve, um, in, into the person that I am today. And I'm excited to continue to, you know, I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I've finally, um, found my people in this world. I felt, you know, I felt, have felt very alone and isolated in many ways. And, you know, my big ideas that I come up with and I want, you know, I'm trying to get people, you know, um, kind of, you know, whip up some motivation and generate some behavioral momentum. And, you know, sometimes I'm the only one, like, I'm like, okay, come on guys, let's go. Um, and, but I, um, you know, I feel like in the past I've, you know, have not made the connections and, um, with, with the right people, but this past year, especially has, 
um, you know, as I've aligned my actions with my values, I have found the people who, with whom my values align and our actions are, um, you know, coalescing into something bigger, you know, bigger than us each as individuals. So how do you each, um, how have you evolved as a person over the past few years and, and how do you plan to keep continuing to grow and um, as a person and grow as a um, kind of into the, into the, into the person you want to be in the future? Um, for Sarah, I, um, I've evolved as my mental health has evolved. Um, I felt that at first I thought that was me changing as a person and now I realized it's just my perception of myself that was changing. Um, and as my perception changed, um, I grew more at peace with who I am. Um, my disability is a chronic illness. And so in, over the last year or so, um, I've gotten uh, pretty disabled from it. Um, but it seems to be calming down at this point. And so I am very excited to transform into the, the person I am, but with twice as much energy, which I'm really looking forward to um, as my numbers get better, um, that I'm hoping that I can do twice as much as I'm doing now um, and just keep pushing. And I'm really excited about um, doing that. I also uh, was diagnosed as autistic last year um, so I evolved from an autistic person who was unknowingly masking her whole life to an autistic person who is now having to go through the demasking process and figure out who I actually am. Um, it's been a very interesting process, but I have learned so much about myself. I've learned so many things that I thought I liked that I didn't and that I liked that I thought I didn't like. And um, I'm really excited to keep learning um, about this new person sort of that I've been. Awesome. I love that. I love self-discovery. Abby, you're asking like the big hard hitting questions. <laughs> Every single time I'm like, how do I encapsulate this into a soundbite for you? I don't even know. Um, I feel like I have a really hard time perceiving how I've evolved because um, it's just like happening in real time and sometimes it feels like I don't even see it while it's happening and then I go back and like look at something from you know three years ago five years ago and I'm like wow that was an entirely different human like that's a fascinating experience so I don't even know totally how to describe it because I don't feel like it's necessarily been super intentional I think I have just been trying to spend as much time as I can with people that I care about and learning from people that I care about um, and taking a lot of time to like really question things. It feels like it's been like a lot more unlearning than a lot of like active or constructive learning, honestly, just like a lot more space giving and permission giving um, to myself and then like having the space to see where I have not been extending that to other people, you know, and shifting that too. Um, but I don't know. I feel like feedback incorporation in some ways is super easy for me. Just like, oh, okay, noted, done, can shift that, no problem. And also I can sometimes like spin on feedback because I don't always know like who to trust or whose feedback to value. Or sometimes there's like conflict in people's needs in a shared space and like figuring out what that looks like. 
can be super challenging. So that's where I feel like I still struggle um, to really find like where I am, what my values are in relation to other people. Um, uh, being in a space to be open and accepting of feedback while also then not like losing myself or uh, moving away from things that I care about. Um, yeah, so I hope to, to keep growing in, in the capacity to do that and also just like confidence to do that too, because I really like, I do, can I can find myself like pretty lost pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, just, just greater attunement, um, with who I am, who other people are and sort of how that all goes together in this world. I, um, I feel like I read a lot. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, spend probably way too much time on social media, but I really feel like everybody has like important and valuable things to share and to say. And I like to see people's faces. It's like a joy and a delight to be able to see y'all when you're so far away. So yeah, that's um, my baby steps one step at a time. Continued plan. Yeah, that's an awesome reflection. I mean, it's, it's so hard because, you know, as we're, as we're growing, as we're evolving, it does seem like, um, it's, you know, I, I feel like the same person. And then I look back at pictures and I, you know, or like a memory will pop up and I'll be like, I can't, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember being that person who would say something like that. It's so, yeah, it's so interesting to see how our, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, the things that we remember and the things that we don't, um, are kind of just a fascinating, fascinating to be human and, and have the, have the tools now that like capture, uh, you know, capture like snippets of us along the way. Um, that's pretty fascinating. Um, our, uh, participant, uh, one of our other participants share that they've started to seek out the spaces and conversations that make them feel uncomfortable has been part of their evolution. So changing the way um, that they talk to be more reflective of the identities of the individuals um, in their lives with their, pro you know, using their um, preferred pronouns and identity first language, um, which I, which I love, you know, one of the, um, one of the things that I read recently in uh, in response in relation to the circle that there, there was a quote that was brought up in a um in an article it was a, and it was a Skinner quote and it was about language and it was about like the language of behavioral science um and it just you know that made me think more globally about language and our ability to the to talk about our lived experiences in a way that can you know communicate just, you know, to communicate where we are and how we are um, showing up as humans. Um, it's, yeah, I think, you know, my experience has been a lot of, you know, whenever I've tried to share about myself, there's been a lot of punishment. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, being, you know, learning how to, learning how to just say the things, you know, say the words without fear and without choking up has been a big um, evolution for myself, myself as well. So yeah, absolutely. Language can be very helpful and having 
having labels to help you feel not alone, not so alone in your experiences. Absolutely. And that has been, you know, the more, the more that I've opened up to myself and opened up to others and been able to talk about my lived experiences, the more I realize that I'm not alone and that, you know, I can get out of my head a little bit and, and, um, you know, maintain, remain connected as, as humans. So so, and then, so let's cut, let's then talk about my friends. What do you plan on doing? What is your path the next year, year to five years? Where are we going? We're all, we're all relatively young here. We have many, many years um, ahead of us um, in this uh, shared, in our shared world. And so I'm excited to, I'm excited to see where you're going and what your plans are for the future. Uh, Sarah here. My plans are to continue to um, work with the disability community and the autistic community and the ABA community working together to um, make the field of ABA safe, hopefully make the, you know, the all of medical fields safe and then all of the world also safe. That would be, maybe that's my five-year plan. <laughs> to make the entire world safe for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's that's um, kind of where I'm gonna keep going and that's what I'm gonna be doing. Um, and I'm hoping that most people who are listening are going to join me on that because I think it's very important. I love it, five-year goal, make the world safe for everyone. I'm in, I'm in it, push it. How about you, Warner? I love it too. Oh my goodness. I um, actually here, you caught me at a great time with Barb Gross this weekend. We are mapping out our one year and five year plan for sex ed continuing ed. Um, so hoping to continue to provide expansive sex education resources for a wide, wide variety of folks. Um, you know, always the dream. We better have this dang records and love us article retracted five years from now. There's no reason. There's no reason. So, you know, continuing along that path, hopefully in a year, that would be so dreamy to see it gone, y'all. Um, I'm sure Abby is already talking about this and likely has a link already for you if you found your way to a podcast here. But um, www.retracthate.com is a great place to learn more about why this is so important and why it's beyond time for this field to move away from this research and also any research that attempts to change a core part of someone's identity. Yes, thank you. Thank you for putting that out there, retract hate. Um, and I, yeah, in, in a year, at five years for sure, we should have that, like, come on. It is well, well past time. And I am so grateful and thankful for the work that you, Warner and Barb are doing um, with sexuality education. When I was a student teacher, none of the teachers wanted to teach the um, high school students with um, disabilities I was working with. They did not want to teach them sex ed. And that was like my mission. And, you know, as like a 20 something year old, person who thought I knew everything about everything. Um, and so I am, I'm just really, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing. Cause there's, a, um, you know, there's 
a lot of a lot of harm that has been done because we've avoided these conversations because we've avoided um, teaching these very critical life skills um, and human skills and um, you know and so yeah super super thankful um, yeah and I, I know that there's the um, the Rikers one that we're wanting to retract and once that gets retracted I got a whole list of other ableist articles in uh, ABA that we're going to hit next so you guys join us Yes, absolutely. The more, um, like, the more that we can really start to shine a light on the problematic history, the faster that we're going to be able to move forward, right? Acknowledge, accept, pivot, move on, commit to doing better in the future. Um, and, and that comes first with acknowledging and taking ownership for what has, what has been done and the harms that have been done. I would also gently suggest that there is no reason why this has to be retracted first before this field starts to take a look at the other harms that it's causing. No time like the present. And often we're sort of like forced into these hierarchies of prioritizing folks. And, you know, you see this at Pride, you see this in the queer community, but you see this in all communities, especially when there are multiple identities that experience minority stress or um, oppression in this world and I personally feel like our time is short and there is no excuse uh, once you know better to not be doing something about it. So that Thank is just you. my <laughs> two cents, you know. Thank you for that validation about, and reminder. Right now. <laughs> yes. I believe in your five-year plan, you know, so we gotta get moving on it. Yeah, the time to act is now. It's time to push unapologetically, point the things out, bring them to the forefront. The only, you know, like uh, like has come up as we've been as we've been working on this retract hate campaign, there are people who were not aware, people in our field who were not aware of this article and the harms that it has caused and perpetuated. And that to me is like that's because we're, we're not putting it out there. We're not pushing it. Um, and so I am, yeah, I, I look forward to any more, you know, all, all of the things that people can bring up because yeah, rip those band-aids off and let's move forward. Yeah. And, um, and then Aaron pointed out that, you know, the um, being attuned to the harm of the bystander effect, right? If we see something and we don't say something, we are part of the problem and we are, we are um, contributing to the perpetuation of harm. And, and I know from personal, you know, my lived experience has been that there have been many, you know, many things that I have been able to reflect upon that I, you know, I should have said something, I didn't, I caused harm and I have to, you know, and I have to live with that. Um, there are things that I can do to, um, rectify and, and, um, you know, make amends to those that I have harmed. Um, but the, but, you know, the, the, the key is to identify and commit to commit to doing better moving forward and to share those stories again, sharing those stories in a way that protects, uplifts and empowers others. Um, but sharing the stories to kind of bring the reality forward that it's, you know, this isn't just some hyper, hyperbolic thing that we're saying. 
um, has happened. It's you no, know, my lived experience is that, you know, I have been a part of that or I have been a witness to it. Um, and others need to know those things and others, and we need to commit to doing better. So thank you all. Thank you all for doing the work that you're doing and continuing to continue on this good path. I love it. I got to connect recently with Dr. Emily Sandoz, um, who is in the contextual behavior science field, um, but also has a deep love of behavior science in general. And she was talking about really asking, like, are we collectively expanding our repertoires and the behaviors that we're engaging in? Um, and I think she's talking like one-on-one, -on -one, but I also think that about that just like as a world too, like many people look at retraction or look at like naming harm as something restrictive and something that's minimizing people's ability to act out and don't really think of it uh, communally or collectively and probably don't even like parse or see the ways in which there's so much restriction on what's considered acceptable behavior for folks that's really placed on them. And it's like, for why there's no, you know, if there's no harm being caused, then what is the harm Let people live lives that feel so good to them and so meaningful to them. Um, and to me, that feels like a collective expansion of like our communal repertoire with one another. And I think it's a beautiful and really valuable thing to move toward. And I would hope that anyone that cares about behavior and that cares about science, and who cares about humanity, uh, you know, would want the same for themselves and for everyone. Yeah, I love that. It's about learning how to be in community. Um, you know, I know I was kind of raised in raised in a society as you all were that you know valued like independence and you must do this all by yourself and you know not count on others and um you know not rely on rely on um others to to kind of be on this path with you and the more the more that we realize that we are interconnected we need each other and the only way forward is to make sure that all of our needs are met um in the way that meet is most meaningful to us as individuals and that is the way, that is the only way we can show up. And when that is honored, we can thrive and grow and just, you know, step forward into the future together. So, all right, my friends. Oh, Sarah. Yep. What would you like? Yes, I was just going to mention that independence and doing it all by yourself is also um, an ableist notion that um, is one of those things that when you say you, um, have to do it by yourself. You know, there are people who physically, oops, physically, mentally, or emotionally can't do it themselves. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's ableist as well. And that's something that we should unpack. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for naming that, Sarah. Um, so as we are closing out and um, signing off for the evening, I would love for every each of you to be able to share um, one or more organizations. How can we support you? How can um, our crew uplift you and the work that you do and help you keep moving forward? So what organizations can we support? How can we support you um, as individuals? Um, well, I always first like to 
tell everybody about leapaba.org. I am not part of LEAP, the LEAP Institute, um, but I treasure those people who are running it. Um, it is trying to um, fight against the inequity or the inequality that we have of um, different representations of people in the, the ABA field. And they're directly combating that by helping um, people who are not of majority um, get into the ABA field to sort of change our field, which I think is beautiful. Um, and you can find me if you wanna um, talk to me and help uh, help out with my mission. Um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Sarah Alford Hart. And I'm also, um, my Facebook page is Nessie, that's N-E-S-S-I dot, um, I believe it's mentoring and consulting. Um, and that's Nessie, that's neurodiversity emphasizing support services and information. And that's how I run um, most of my endeavors. And hi, Warner here. You can find me at warner at upswingadvocates.org. You can find me at sexedcontinuinged.com, uh, where I get to collaborate with a wide variety of lovely humans. Uh, you can check out sexedcarecon.com, which is a conference coming up in July for caregivers who hope to uh, take care of folks, support folks in their lives uh, through a sex positivity lens, expanding autonomy, access uh, to pleasure-focused education. Um, and then in January, we have Sex Ava. You can find it at sexavo.com, uh, which is focused on harm reduction, neurodiversity affirmation, and expanding sex ed access um, and sex ed information specifically for folks in ABA, um, uh, but always through a lens of you know, minimizing any harm, maximizing autonomy, ascent first. Love it and love you all. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing. I am so grateful for um, your support of our work. And I can, am so, so looking forward to many, many years to come with all of you beautiful humans. So thank you and have a great night.